Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. And away we go again. Uh, I'm Pat, and that's Lisa over there, and she's yet to turn towards the microphone, but now she has. Well, hello. Remember Clem Florm that was part of our old uh, radio show? I do. He would call in. He was very funny. Uh, and he was a, just a character named Clem Florm. It was a listener who assumed this identity, and... Uh, he would call in from time to time and talk about the troubles he was having uh, with love, yes. and particularly a, his girlfriend. And he said, I don't think she's telling me the truth half the time. And we said, well, what is her name? And he said, it's Lila Karug. Lila Karug. So, and, and that kind of leads us into uh, what we thought we would begin with today is this whole Thing of lying. I said this to my wife uh, the other night. Were you lying? No. I said, I just, I don't think I... There ain't no way to hide I guess I wasn't as aware of it when I was younger, that everybody is telling everybody fibs all the time. Yeah. You go part to, of the human condition. You go to the store, you go you go you watch the uh, politicians at this on the stump, it doesn't matter what's going on. Uh you a guy's supposed to come and fix your sink and he calls and says, "Yeah, I'm running late. My my car's broken down." He's probably lying to you. So it just comes a time you just throw up your hands and say, "Okay, well that's just the way it's going to be." I guess. Uh by the way, before we get into that, I <laughs> just reminded me of something else. A couple of podcasts ago, I was complaining, well, I was stating that my New Year's resolution was going to be that we are going to start confronting people if they're not giving us good service. You were. Or, or if they're, you know, surly. Uh, when they're Not tr- me. When, when, no, not you. Surely not you. No. No, no you were always well, wonderful. Well, just when you say we, I want to make sure that people know the we. We, my wife and I. Right. No, not you. I don't expect you no. to to confront people or be uh, you anything but your usual polite self. <laughs> But, but which isn't true. So which is a lie. So what? So it had to do with this incident at at a, at a supermarket where my wife was trying to get clams, and then the person behind the counter was surly and and argumentative, and so my wife kind of called her out to the manager of the store. So she's back. My wife is not you. My wife's back at the same store two days ago. She's checking out, mm-hmm. and so she said. Then they, you know, you run your card in the little slot and everything. And then you type in your, your password or your code or whatever it is called, and uh, and the woman, the checkout woman said, uh, "That's apparently not your uh, password or what do you call that? Your pin code." Right, ma'am. That's apparently not your pin number. Uh, you need to try it again. Try it again. I was hmm, okay. So she tries it again. And the woman said, it's still, it's not uh, accepting your code, ma'am. Do you know your code, ma'am? Well, yes, I know my code, my wife says. Uh-oh. Well, it, uh, maybe you forgot it. No, and I, and I know. Let me try it again. <sighs> no, no. <laughs> Unforgettable. And so for the third time, it doesn't work. Oh, great. So my wife said, okay, let's, uh, let me just, I got cash here, here, here's your cash. Unforgettable. She gives it to her. But the woman is really snotty, 
and annoyed with her oh, and all of boy. that. So when I come home, like Patty, my wife, has let me have it. Said, I can't believe this happened again at this store. I'm not going to this stupid store anymore. I put my, my pin code in three times. It didn't work. It's, that's not my fault. There's something wrong with their stupid system there. Oh, boy. And so I said, okay, well, just settle down. Maybe you, did you use the right card? Yes, of course I do. Unforgettable. So the next day, I'm, I go downtown Seattle, and I'm, I'm parking my car. And you go to one of those little parking kiosks. Right, put your credit card yeah, in. Yeah, put your credit card put in. Put your code in. And, uh, and, I look, and, I, I, and I look for my card, and it's not in my wallet. My God, what's where is it? Then I realized that my wife had grabbed my card. Ah. So the snotty woman was technically right uh-huh. that she was trying to run a card that wasn't hers. So I said to my wife, <laughs> I said, you know, don't you think you should go back into the store and apologize no, to that woman? No, didn't. She said, no. <laughs> she said, no, I'm not going to go back and apologize. It wasn't about that I had the wrong card. It was about her snotty attitude. You know, this so is it, and it kind of it kind of touches on the lying thing, which isn't really a lie, but it's how we justify everything that we do. Uh, because, um, well, there's another reason for it. And how rarely do we say, "You're right, I was wrong, I screwed up," and even in the Lance Armstrong stuff that we have seen. Recently, in the Oprah confessional. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. Yes or no? Was one of those banned substances EPO? Yes. Did you ever blood dope or use blood transfusions to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. Did you ever use any other banned substances like testosterone, uh, cortisone, or human growth hormone? Yes. Yes or no? In all seven of your Tour de France victories, did you ever take banned substances or blood dope? Yes. He, he, he just seemed to stop short of really showing any contrition. He, he said the facts, he answered the yes and no questions and all of that. But there was never a, a sense that I got anyway watching this thing that he was that he was upset, uh, sorrowful, and apologetic. Did you get that sense? Um, Did you watch any of that? Yeah, it's well. Part two is on tonight as we're taping this, so they've only had part one. Oprah, Oprah, Oprah um, decided to um, let the entire interview, which went on for three hours. Uh, she wanted to air that. She did not want to cut it to fit into an hour and a half. So um, the first second half hour or second part will be tonight. So we haven't seen that. But Well, it's not going to be any more revelatory than the first one was. And, and I have an article that I printed out for you over there if I could see that. Because the thing that I'm... Um, which most, article? Uh, this one on public nudity? Most, <laughs> that's the one with the has, picture. There it is. Yeah. I just, the thing about his reaction to people calling him out is what really bothers me and disturbs me so much. Um, How so? People were accusing him of doping for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there are stories that started breaking this last fall that people were being threatened. Yeah. Um, he was I've... making their lives miserable. Yeah, and I saw, I think it was a 60 minute story, wasn't it? I'm just just outraged by that there's there's one uh story of a woman and she actually responded to the interview that she uh, had seen on oprah who apparently had um been uh, made fun of um she was there in a hospital room when i guess lance went in for for his testicular how do you say it i don't say it that's probably why i say ball his ball cancer Mm -hmm. and was privy to a private conversation he was having with a doctor where he confessed what he was taking mm-hmm. and so she was the wife of a fellow writer and pretty much called him on it and he threatened her and said i will make your life miserable her name was and betsy andreo did yeah i've seen interviews with uh, other uh, other writers and 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 uh, other participants in the sport who said uh, that they had been threatened, perhaps yes. not directly, but indirectly by some second party that's mm-hmm. a friend of Lance's and all of this. 
And and when you think about it, for Lance Armstrong, he became bigger than life. This his his Live Strong organization and all of that. And I'm sure somewhere in his thinking was, you know, the the things I'm doing are way more important than these these other people uh, who are just a bunch of cattle in my way. I don't know. I don't think that it, that's it at all. I how, think, how else could he justify it? I think because he doesn't want to get caught. There's the, that embarrassment factor. Well, there's that too. But I, I mean, he's protecting ha- an empire here as well. I don't think he's protecting anybody but himself, to be honest with you. I think this is a really selfish act. And the fact well, that he... Well, of course he, it is. And the fact that he... I mean, he his former physical therapist uh, tried to expose him. So what does he do? He starts spreading rumors that she's a prostitute and an alcoholic. How freaking immature is that? It's just, it just makes me, it makes my stomach clench up in knots. I noticed that, yeah. To know that he's, he's purposely and, and, and maliciously smearing other people to save his own ass. I think that's what really, what you said earlier about saying, you know what? Yeah, I did. I took drugs. I, this is why I did it. I apologize. But to go Further to try to cover it up and hurt other people in the process, I think that's what's unforgivable. I, he makes me sick. I, I will think, not. I will not forgive him. Do you I forgive him? No, I don't think the the sport of cycling doesn't turn me on anyway. Uh, and and the and to use the excuse that well everybody was doing it, everybody else was doing it. That's lame. That that's a, goes back to when you're a kid and you say. Well, I know I got a D, but, yeah, but he didn't Larry's report card was worse. He didn't do that. He denied it, and he called people names. He was a bully. No, he did this. He did this implicitly in the interviews. What I'm saying with with Oprah, right? Well, there's uh, two issues to saying here. that this whole sport is dirty, and I was just a part of it, and then you know I didn't really right. I, but on the other hand, he said I didn't do anything to stop it. Okay, well that's sort of a lame male culpa but not a very good one right well but 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 you're right the the thing is not the doping it's not about the sport it's not about winning seven titles and all of that it's about it's about throwing other people under the bus uh and a lot of people under a very big bus uh willy-nilly because uh he felt entitled to do that yeah money and power yeah and there's a lot at stake there a lot at stake and that's exactly why he lied about it because there was so much at stake this didn't have anything to do with him thinking well i'm doing a good thing with this organization and i want to protect it Uh uh-uh i don't believe that for a second i think he's selfish i think he's a bully i think he was power hungry i I just he just makes me sick well and and of course they're pulling up all of these old videos of him pointing wagging his finger uh, the way bill clinton did I did not have sexually, and, and, and these and uh, people uh, are so capable of lying and and being convincing in their lie, because they tell it so long that pretty soon you kind of think maybe they start to believe this stuff. Yeah, if you say something enough, yeah, I guess. convince enough people, uh, and of course this is all complicated by the fact that this uh, foundation of his uh, is uh, at least on the face of it. Uh, so honorable and the cause is so great and he came back from uh the various cancers and all of that it's a great story but then uh you know this little narrative mm-hmm. isn't convenient to that story he, and yeah, that's what makes it a, i don't think he'll so ever be dismaying. able to repair his image i really don't no if he had not threatened people and treated them poorly maybe maybe you can say you know what yeah it was a mistake when clinton lied about having sex that was horrifying to me but he didn't he didn't threaten to kill people to keep it covered up as far as we know. And so it was easy then to accept his apology and say, yeah, you know, I can't, I can't do Bill Clinton. Well, but. he was parsing his words, too, sure. because, you know, I did not what have sexual it? relations. What does that mean? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So. But the, but so uh, you know more about the titles that he, he has. He was already stripped of all of his Tour de France titles last year, correct? I think so, yeah. The, the fallout from this now is that the Olympic Committee took away his medal yeah. that he won. Yeah, and Karis, that's the question a lot that, that Oprah did not ask, I don't think. It was, why now? Why why are you finally coming out now? What are the circumstances yeah, under which you're finally question. coming clean here? That's a great Maybe question. Maybe that happens in part two, which we have not heard yet as we are doing this little podcast. I, so I'm I think betting, we're on, I'm I betting think, somebody put his feet to the fire. I'm betting. I'm betting something came up that he just couldn't avoid it anymore. 
Well, I, it's like I the, don't think it's like a, heart. It's like a cornered animal. He really yeah. had nowhere to go. No. Right. Yeah. I'm not calling you a liar. Just don't lie to me. I'm not calling you a thief. Just don't steal from me. I'm not calling you a ghost. Just stop which uh, brings us to another story, the disposition of which, again, we won't know uh, fully because we don't, as we're taping this right now, it is the uh, story of the Notre Dame uh, linebacker, Mantu, Mantai Tail, is his name. crazy story. And I, I follow these sports more, closer than you do, but Notre Dame uh, is a legendary program, and they, this goes back to the days of... Uh, of Newt Rockney and the, you know the the famous story of their great running back George Gipp and Newt exhorting his team to win one for the Gipper and he told the team this guy George was was dying in a hospital and and the Notre Dame team was getting pretty well hammered in the first half of an important game and he that was his halftime speech boys I need you to go out and win one for the Gipper. So in this old movie, uh, made long ago, Knut Rockney, that's what they called him in the movie, Knut Rockney, uh, All-American, Pat O'Brien is playing the part of the coach and the one-day 40th president of the United States, Ronald Reagan, is playing George Gipp, who is dying in a hospital bed. I haven't got a complaint in the world, Rock. I'm not afraid. What's tough about this? Rock, someday when the team's up against it, brakes are beating the boys. Ask them to go in there with all they've got. Win just one for the Kipper. It's a thing of legend, but it also is a fact, I guess. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I got so far off. Oh, so I'm talking about the history of Notre Dame football is is really big and, and legendary. Frank Leahy was a coach, Era Parsegian, and, and they were just always, if not the number one team in the country, they were always right there. And then they fall into some hard times over the last few years. They hadn't they had high expectations, but they hadn't really performed that well. And then this year, a magical season, where for much of the season they're ranked number one, and only in the in the title game, the big BCS game against Alabama at the end of the season, do they get waxed pretty good and lose the game. But up until then, this guy, Manti Teo, was like the central figure on the team. He he got all the publicity. He was he's expected to be a very high draft pick, if not number one. And the he publicity finished, was because of his athletic prowess, right? Exactly, and That's he, where it in started. Fact, he okay. finished second in the Heisman trophy race which is unusual for a defensive player to to be ranked that high when was that trophy awarded this is the part oh, of the story i'm trying to put together well i don't know sometime in december i think okay well that's yeah. what i that's what we're wondering yeah. i mean he was I awarded think, that but we don't know for sure i think prior to the bowl to the final bowl game he, he uh, they they gave what the are the what how is that heisman um, decided. How is that honor? Who makes that decision? How, what are the parameters? How do you, how are you I eligible? I think it's um, is it a vote. It is a vote, and I don't know for sure if it's a vote of coaches or a vote of uh, of the press or a combination of the two. So I'm, it's not, I'm not based sure. on any statistics or facts or numbers. It's all based on how people feel. Well, it, this is why this people feel a certain way because somebody statistically uh, uh, exceeds the, the those okay. of everybody else. So that's what I'm asking. Great, great players. I thought it was all then voting wouldn't wouldn't matter if it were all based on statistics, right? Yeah, I, I don't even think that's really germane to this story. Well, I there the, are some people the story, who do say it is the story that he uh, Manti um, he gave a very melodramatic. Uh, a press conference or something like that at some point where he said that his girlfriend he had just his girlfriend had died of leukemia on the same day that his grandmother had died and yet he was going to persevere and play the game anyway and it was a very oh. touching feel good sort of story this this can, courageous can I, young can man I make and a comment about while that? his while his heart is breaking he's 
He knows that his grandmother would have wanted him to play, blah, 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 blah. You know the story. It's like a movie. Well, a lot of people don't know the story. He decided not to go to the funerals of either of these people. I'm saying that it is a story that you've seen before in the movies. Ah. It's, It's like a movie story. Right. But yeah, so but I just if, think if your girlfriend died, don't you think, or she was dying of leukemia, don't you think you would go visit her, even though they had not met before, because it turns out this was just an online romance. I'm just astonished that somebody would put a football game, a game, a game above somebody's funeral. That, to me, is astonishing. There's a lot of questions. That's why we were probably premature in talking about this now, because... There's a lot of questions here. Well, there is the, the at at this time the university is standing behind Teo and they're support, supporting him and his story in that he really didn't know he was duped. He was a victim of a hoax. Uh, but there are others who say, "Well, really, I, that sounds a little fishy to us." Yeah. So and for, for the reasons that you say, why well, he did he skipped the funerals of both his grandmother and his love of his life girlfriend to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't doesn't seem it doesn't pass the smell test for a lot of us. So the story is that this girlfriend never existed. She was merely relegated to an online or phone relationship um, for th- two to three years. <laughs> then Notre Dame comes forward and says, "Yeah, she didn't really exist, but it's because somebody was playing a trick on him." Mm-hmm. What? Why would somebody play a trick and go to those lengths for two or three years of phone calls, writing letters, online chats? That's a pretty elaborate hoax, don't you think? Well, of course it is. Why do people do anything? So that to me says, uh uh-uh. The other thing that says, uh uh-uh, is the fact that this is a college football player. Think about college football player lifestyles. They are not going to be satisfied with an online-only, phone-only relationship. Not going to happen. Well, it just there, there sounds are, well. In, that you're you're impossible. lumping every player. Yeah, in. I am. Well, then that's not right. You shouldn't lump any group of anybody in in as one thing. I'm not. I'm, but we I'm don't just know saying, enough don't you about think him. It's odd. It's of course it's odd. That's why it's a story. If this yeah. guy was an obscure player on the second team of. A losing college, he wouldn't. This wouldn't be a story. This is like one of the major luminaries in college football this season. And then that's why it's a story. One of the questions that he was asked was, "Why did you lie after you found out she didn't exist?" I think it's because he knew all along she didn't exist. Uh, He's saying because I wanted to protect my players and blah blah blah. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit. Yeah, there's there's just some things about this that just smell really rotten. Well, so course. that's why I asked about how you win the Heisman because I'm a lot of people are wondering is this all a, was this all a ploy to somehow get the Heisman trophy who knows um, they also there are also people who note that he did not play very well in that title game against Alabama perhaps he had something on his mind yeah and so hmm. they don't know maybe we, he was worried about lying all these lies but uh, at this point, the university is standing behind him. We can't say that he lied. There are rumors that he is gay. No, I know. We can't uh, all say anything. Stuff. We're it's just a... saying our opinions. That's why I'm wondering, how do you feel about it? Well, I don't I, think I'm, anybody's opinion this... counts as much as the facts, and I would mm. I would wait for those to come out. But, really? You but don't have a feeling funny. about it? You don't uh, think, you know what, maybe he is telling the truth and he's just a dummy? Maybe so. Maybe so. I I would accept that. You got to remember, this is not a grizzled fifty-five-year-old man. Sure, this is a kid. That's true. You know, these are kids. How old is he? Uh, he's uh, fifty-five. No, <laughs> no, he's no. no but I you're don't know. right. His frontal lobe. You're, you're isn't talking about eighteen to twenty-one. You're right. So you're right. His frontal lobe isn't developed yet. No. So no, neither is mine. I just I don't know the but whole. Get a load of the back lobe. It'll that, be baby. it'll be interesting to see how this story does play out. I will I will make a wager with you now. It will come out that he knew all along. This it, is just like the Lance that, Armstrong. That's thing. kind of my expectation too. But let's wait. Let's find that, out that he. Yeah. So I I got into this because of that story this week and the Lance Armstrong story this week. This whole thing of lying just I, 
I decided to do a little research on the psychology of it. It was really interesting. Um, psychology Today is one of my favorite publications and had an article about the fact that we lie every day. Um, that's just what we do. Most studies show that we lie one to two times a day, which is as often as we brush our teeth or hey, go by to the, the way, refrigerator by for the a way, snack. You're looking good today. Really? Yeah, you look really great. Well, that's nice. Why are you saying you're lying, aren't you? Mm. Are you lying? No, I'm not. No. These are the three basic reasons why we lie, which I thought was interesting. The first reason is fear, which you and I have already talked about. Fear of consequences, of being punished. So basically you lie to avoid the possibility of the consequences of punishment. Young people do this more often than old, older people do. Kids lie all the time because they don't want to get in trouble. So that's an interesting part of it. The second common reason is self-image. Um, improving our own image in the eyes of our friends or family or public or whoever sure. is 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 crazy um, popular, which I think this football player is doing. He just wants to look better in the eyes of people. Um, the psychology of this lying, of course, is just temporary because your rise on the social ladder um, will be soon replaced by the embarrassment of people finding out that you're lying. This is what's going to happen. He rose on the social ladder. He He's a celebrated football player. He's won the Heisman. He's got these touching, warm, heartwarming he stories. He came the Heisman. Oh, okay. That's right. But it's going to be replaced, unfortunately. It's just temporary. Hope it was worth it because it's temporary. Again, you've, you're assuming uh, the, the, the end of this story. We, we, I think I we agree that what's, we don't know the end of this story. Well, but we don't know the facts. But what's wrong with that? I'm just telling you how What's I feel. Wrong with that? Boy, you'd be great in a courtroom. I'm well, just here's telling what, you how I feel. Here's what I think. I won't tell you the facts. I won't wait for those. I'll just tell you what I think. There's nothing we'll see wrong how that with telling you. There's nothing wrong with how I, how no, but you're I taking feel a great, or assume. You're taking a great leap here to say that he's lying. We don't know that yet. We don't know that. Wouldn't you want to, somebody to assume the same for you? Innocent until yeah, proven guilty? Wouldn't you want that? All I'm saying is just... It just looks like, it just is so weird. It just looks like he's lying. It's, so. it, I don't disagree with that, but... but, uh, but okay, the third reason... Hang him yet. The third basic reason we lie is to harm others. And I have been a victim of this a couple of times. Um, I have a couple of stories about this. So the other reason to lie is just to attack other people and create havoc in their life. That's a lot of what Lance Armstrong did. He lied about people because he wanted to attack them and take them down because he felt threatened. We do know that he's lying. <laughs> we think he, so. Yeah. He yeah, we, he's admitted to it. Yeah. Um I would submit a fourth thing there that maybe is not as important, but and I was joking about it a minute ago. Uh it is also a lie if you say somebody asks you, "Hey, do 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 does my ass look make these pants look small?" Uh and you say, "Oh no, you look great." That's a lie too. And I think yeah. you can lie so as not to hurt someone or to make them feel better. It doesn't sure. justify, there's different degrees of lying, obviously, but I mm -hmm. think that, I mean, we do that every day, you know? Right. Hey, Larry, how you doing? Looking good, man. Hey, hey. Yeah. So, um, but but in the technical sense, it's still a lie. But if you, we lived a life make, of telling the truth all the time, you could make the we'd be regarded as the biggest jerk ever. Have you had a situation where somebody has said something that was a blatant lie in an effort to hurt you or attack you or I can't think of anything threaten a position or something. I'm sure there has been. It doesn't it doesn't stand out for me as saying, Oh yeah, I remember one. I tend to discard these things pretty quickly. Um, sounds like you have some examples of your own Yeah, life. I've had two work related examples that just were really um, bothersome and I'm gonna be really black and white about this because this is something i I was really affected by. Um, I had a situation where I, when I first moved to Seattle, I started working for a company called Metro Traffic, and I was a traffic reporter, and that's where I met you, doing traffic for you on King 1090. That's gone through a bunch of different names, hasn't it? Yeah, it's now called uh, Total Traffic. Went, went from metal, Metro Traffic to Metro Networks to Total Traffic, so. Total Traffic. Total Traffic. But it's not really Total Traffic. I mean, you're not. You're not telling Wait. me what's going on in the alley. In, now who in wants Monroe. to be black and white? Well, it's just a name. <laughs> okay. So I wonder why the people change names all the time. Anyway, if something's working. Just keep it. I started out in Sacramento doing uh, work for Metro Traffic and then transferred up here. And I was working with a woman who was um, an airborne traffic reporter back then. And as time went on, I kind, she was kind of odd, but I didn't really think anything of it. She, kind of odd 
pretty now, soon. How, how was she odd? Ah, that's a good question. This was 20... Could have been 20, altitude sickness. 20, this was 20 years ago. But I just remembered her not being particularly personable or funny. There was just... Uh, she was a little harsh. Um, and maybe it was just towards me. I'm not sure. As it turns out, it sounds like it was. But she had apparently started a rumor that I was sleeping with the operations director. And that is how I got the job. And this... Was that true? No. Oh. And this rumor went out through the whole company. And so two things bothered me about it. First of all, that's how, not in my how, character. How did you source it? How did you find out where it came from? Uh, from the um, operation director's wife, who ah. I was friends with. Ah. She said, you're not going to believe what's going around. And I said, what? She said, well, there's rumors that you've slept with my husband to get the job. And she knew me. And she goes, I know that's not true. And we finally figured out who started the rumor because he, I guess, they sourced it. So the two the two things that bothered me was, first of all, that she said I did something that's not even ever in my character. That is not something I would ever do. Sleep with someone. To get a job. I'd do the other thing, but... And second of all, that my work was so poor that apparently I, the only way I could get a job like that was to actually sleep with the director to get the job. So I'm like, really? So you think my on-air work is, is sucks that much that the only possible way I could have ever gotten up to Seattle to do traffic was to sleep with the operations director. Well, I heard you doing traffic, and, and uh, you were great. So that can't, that can't be the reason, I, it, which would make you wonder, well, why is she singling me out? Don't what? know. Yeah. Don't know. Did never you ever found confront out. her? No. Never figured it out. Well, I, should, I think you should have. The second thing that happened... Uh, this happened, and you heard about this story, actually, when I was working at a, another radio station. Um, this was about eight years ago. You were working ago. at another radio station? Yeah, while well, you were working at another radio station. Why was station. I not informed? <laughs> and this um, ended very badly um, without going into detail about it. But the rumor then on the street, this actually ended up on the internet, that the reason I got fired from this radio job is that I punched somebody. I punched a coworker. Remember that story? Mm. You have to remember it because the well, agent, I guess I, yeah. the agent that we had, specifically told me that he said, "You know what? I'm, I'm going to get you another radio job, but I'm a little concerned about a rumor I'm hearing about you punching somebody." And he, I kind of do remember the rumor, goes, but I dismissed it because I. He goes, "I asked Pat Cashman about it, and I said, really, what did Pat say?" And, he said that you said, Pat told me he's never had, um, he's never heard of me punching anybody, and if anybody deserved to be punched, it was him. <laughs> Which I laughed. And then you said, so you've really pretty much made your case, because you have been deserved to be punched, but I have never punched you. No. Right? No, you've never laid a finger on me. You've never, never <laughs> you've, uh, you know, bore into my brain with those steely eyes of yours but never actually swung at me i've thrown daggers at yeah. your back and you've never thrown things at me either right so those two things and and my friends were very upset and they're like you need to go on that that website and and tell them they're wrong and i remember i remember you said i can't believe you don't remember this because i remember you said to me specifically you know what lisa I think you should just let the story stand, and that way people will be afraid of you, and they won't screw with you anymore. Well, I think I was joking with you, but I, <laughs> I also you think if you try that, to go but... on and say and and say yeah. something that's not true, then it looks like you're covering. I mean, there's no way to win, so there's just no let it go. There's no way to win, and yeah. I just I figured the people that know me, as you know, I came I came from a very violent household. Physical violence is not something that I I handle very well, and so it's not something I would. I've never, ever hit anybody. I told you the story about the girl slapping me in the locker room. I told you that I story. I forgot it. Tell me again. A long time ago. It affected me more How than How old were you? Was it grade school? No, no. This was, um, oh my gosh, this is going to be. High school? Know, this, yeah, this will be the scene of every boy's fantasy here when I talk about half-naked girls in the locker room getting into a fight. Yeah, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being out on the um, soccer field and um, the teacher had blown the whistle. The coach had blown the whistle. And whoever was playing center, she was goofing around. <clears throat> and I said, hey, come on. It's time to go. And she said, F you. But she said the real word. F you. And then me, in my infinite maturity, said... <laughs> 
Not possible. Not physically said, possible said, for me to do that. You would do a girl. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> whatever, right? But you got to say something. I got to say something. You would do a girl. And, well, that was it. She was waiting for me after the game in the locker room. It's all steamy. We're in our bras and panties. We're getting dry. And she comes up and she says, I can't believe you said that to me on the field. And I said, well, you need to just shut your mouth. And she said, you shut your mouth. Correct. Right across the face. She shut she it for you. hauled off, slapped me as hard as she could. And that usually meant the person responded with their own blows. I was so shocked that she slapped me. I just stood there with my hand on my face. And I think she was shocked that I didn't just hit her back but that's not I didn't that's not wasn't in my my makeup to do that um it affected me and so you know when you don't react and you don't fight back there's really nothing that can come of it I just let it let it lie right there did it was there any uh any uh repercussions from it did any... I don't remember to be honest with you I don't I, that's that's where the scene ends for me because I was so shocked fade to black fade to to black so just this lie that I punched somebody and that's how I lost my radio job. That's it. Just it it's bothered good. me so. It's a good story. Why is it good? That bothered me. Well, why I mean, would it's somebody a good story. go? To, why would somebody go to that to the lengths uh, to lie about your, me? It's a part of your legend. But somebody that would deliberately sit down at the keyboard and type out, I know the real reason Lisa Foster got fired from that radio station because she punched a coworker. Who are you? First of all, I want to know who you are and why you would sit down and type that about me. Maybe it's that girl that punched you <laughs> back when. Maybe. I uh, don't know. It just bothers me. I would never maliciously sit down. I might lie, like you said, to say, yeah, Pat, your butt doesn't look big in those pants. Or, gee, I'd love to come to your dinner party, but I can't. I got a, you know, root canal that night. My I, grandmother died I don't again. mind those lies. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. But to sit down, and, and if I'm mad at you, to sit down and go on a forum anonymously and go, you know, Pat Cashman, blah, 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 blah. I just, I don't know. That just, to me, is outside of my realm of, of, of logic and understanding. For the record, what I said was that you slapped somebody. I did not use the word punched in my uh, email. Uh, All right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, one time I was playing basketball, and, I, and, and to compensate for not being really a very good basketball player, I would guard people really close, very, very aggressively. <laughs> and uh, I got in this one guy's face too much, Uh-oh. and he hauled off. And he punched me right in the nose. And uh, and then everybody, you know, all the other players are saying, hey, you get out of here, man, if that's the way you're going to play. And then they made, they made the guy leave. And uh, and then they said, Cashman, nice job, man. You were really cool. I mean, you could have just hammered right. him right back, but you stayed really cool. That's really neat. <laughs> and I'm thinking... I couldn't see. Are you kidding me? I would, my knees were shaking I would, like cast I wouldn't know where to swing. I, I absolutely saw stars, and oh. I think he broke my nose. Wow. Um, but, man, I, you know, you you think, yeah, well, I might have tried to swing back, but I honestly, God, he rocked me so bad, I thought I was going to pass out. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but but I, I took their their uh, com compliments nonetheless. Sure, Thank absolutely. You. That's because, what I meant know, to do. Because the next day that I'm going, man, and you know what? What I should have done, I should have just taken him apart. But I held back. But, oh, boy, is he lucky. If I ever see him around here again, he's dead meat, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we could talk about that uh, much, Lee. But, um, yeah, I can't remember something quite as overt as that happening to me, although I'm sure it did. But speaking of locker rooms, I can only tell you this, and I may have told you this story before. Uh, I, in junior high, which uh, maybe they don't even call it that anymore, middle school or whatever, but it was the ninth grade. And there were guys in the, in the locker room, when, when you, after PE, you know, you'd be exercising, gymnastics, whatever it was. And then you, get, then you were admonished, you go take a shower. And so I go in there, and there's a guy. There's these guys in there that look like gorillas. They they not they look like gorillas, and they look like because they have a bunch of hair on their back. They, they have lots of hair, and they have uh, what looked to me these long arms, gargantuan genitalia. To to me, that looked that way. 
because I had no hair and I had had not begun to mature yet. I was way, way behind in my puberty. And so, so you were a, a, marmos, a marmoset. Kind of. And they were gorillas. Yeah. And so, so to put a kid in a situation like that is, um, if you, you know, if you ever happened to you, you can't relate to it, but it was just, I would just be my daily nightmare. I think, oh God, no. Maybe I just won't take a shower. Cashman, you take a shower now. Okay, coach. So, so one day, and I don't know how to tell this delicately, one day I decide I'm, I'm getting down, ready to go to the shower, and I um, decide to plump myself a little bit so it will look better. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My God. I yeah. know exactly what okay. you're saying. Okay, so, so with, with the terry cloth towel and stuff, you can kind of, uh, with some um, manipulation, you can improve what appears to be otherwise. Uh, now, are you wrapping a towel around you to then to sort of hide? Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And I don't remember it in vivid detail, except that what happened was <laughs> it went, it kept going. And it, it kept going. I said, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, no, nah, that's, no, he, no, he can't be pointing north. Come on. And, and then, then the coach is going, Cashman, get in the shower now. Uh, uh, so, so I kept the, I kept the towel well, with me. You should have walked in because, I, boy, it would have been bigger than anybody else's. Well, you would have you well, won. I, I don't know, but I, I just remember just getting... A raft of crap for that. And then, hey, Cashman. Hey, look at him. I just, oh, it's just the worst day of my life. I just, it just, I just should have left well enough alone. And after that, I just did. But, yeah, anyway. I feel bad for guys because you can't, it's like you can't, you, you know, I can sit here all day. You won't even know what, what height of where I'm at. If I'm reading 50 Shades of Grey. Yeah. You're, you're not going to know. Tell. I could go walk in the shower, and you wouldn't even be able to tell. But yeah. guys, you just can't. And yeah. you got to be in public all the time. I know. There I needs know. to be an invention for that. There does. Maybe <laughs> as seen on TV. <laughs> as seen on certain TVs. <laughs> I think there might be a skit there for certain the 206. Channels. Yeah, maybe so. Hey, before we, uh, I know we want to talk about the presidential inauguration, but I want to yeah. remind people, please um, send us your comments um, to to our Facebook. We post our. Our episodes on Facebook. We'd love for you to post your comments there uh, at facebook.com slash peculiar podcast. And you can also go to our website at peculiarpodcast.com. We've got all our archives there. We just recently celebrated our one year anniversary. Yeah, and so we're going to celebrate it in bigger fashion so, if we can figure yeah. out how. So we're going to have, uh, we have all of our archives there if you've missed anything. Um, feel free to send us comments to uh, our email comments at peculiarpodcast.com. And you can also call us or text us at 425-522-BURP, B-U-R-P. There, I wanted to, speaking of that, I, I wanted to mention that there's, a, we got an email from a guy named Paul uh, who uh, works at the library in Edmonds, and he said that he thought over the holidays, Christmas holidays, that he might be able to catch the man on vacation. <laughs> so he went to his uh, Edmunds QFC store, and not only did he find the pineapple upside-down cake, but it, they double-decked it, so they had like two, a double row of them. Like columns. Yes. Wow. So he turned those over and, and, and sent us a picture Very of it nice. as well. Very uh, nice. QFC, to, to me, to, to put two pineapple upside-down cake rows mm -hmm. together like that is just they're begging just, for it they're flaunting it they're <laughs> they're saying come on take us on yeah well thanks to Bring paul it. yeah because a lot of these stores now safeway albertson's fred meyer you can't find pineapple upside down cake we have almost won this war i, I think this you're reign right of terror. i we're, think you're right we're right there but this is not the time to let uh, the, the yeah. man get back yeah. up off the canvas. we got to finish him off. We just updated our online Reign of Terror interactive map, too, where we actually pin locations yeah. of everybody who does this. And it, we, we forget to sort of mention it, so it gets off to a slow start. But you can go to that as well, peculiarpodcast.com slash ROT. Send us your picture or video. We love the videos. 
and we'll actually pin uh, on the map. We want to get that map filled up. We are going from west coast to east coast, but we don't have a whole lot going on in the middle. Yeah. Now, I know you're going on a trip soon, so maybe you can, yeah, I'll look you know, for it. look, I'll look for, for it. it and, if I go to the grocery yeah. store. And in case, for some reason, you don't know what we're talking about, we call it the reign of terror. We're sending a message to the man, the uh, mythical man. Every time you see pineapple upside down cake mix featured in the cake section of the store, not the actual cake, but the boxes, we admonish people to turn those boxes upside down. The way God intended. The way God intended. Okay. So thanks to Paul for that. And then you were talking about, and which I thought was a great topic uh, some weeks ago, about uh, the awkwardness of... Uh, a hostess or host insisting that all the people gathering for Thanksgiving or whatever it may be, that they all have to say grace, even mm -hmm. though there may be some people that are Buddhist or... Or, or atheists or... or whatever, yeah. yeah. And and so we got this message from an always thoughtful Kirby who said, I don't have a problem with sitting at a table while someone says grace, as long as whoever wants it is one who says it. I mean, I just have to sit there, don't I, for 15 seconds quietly? Even I can do that. It's relatively painless. It seems to make them happy. It's a courtesy I'll extend to anyone except the turkey, filthy heathen. <laughs> it doesn't mean I agree or that they've converted me or that I'll let them have more than their fair share of the dark meat. I even allow dishes that I find personally distasteful to be served on my dinner table. I'm not being forced to eat it just because it's there. It's someone who obviously takes the saying of grace much more seriously than I don't. I'm all right with it. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not even particular about the religion unless it involves human sacrifice. I call it reasonable tolerance. I don't censor conversations in my home, even if I'm not comfortable or willing to participate in them, like a discussion, for example, about whatever happened to a particular vase that may have gotten broken mm -hmm. and quietly disposed of, but that I don't know anything about. How could I? I don't disallow discussions of topics I don't agree with or don't particularly want to hear about. But what really gets me through, what really gets me though, is people who want me to take my shoes off at their front door or at the front of the line. It doesn't matter. And then they want me to recite some sort of spiritual incantation supporting their particular beliefs like, no, I don't have any weapons in my carry-on forever and ever. Amen. Now that... Mm is going too far, says Kirby. Hey, you know what? I realized something today, too, and I forgot to do this. I thought about this driving Dave. up to your house. I thought, I got to remember to take my shoes off at the front door because I know this sounds stupid. I've been coming to your house for years. I just realized that you guys are a no-shoes house. Well, it's because we just walk around with no shoes. I hate shoes. I've told you that before. Okay, so it's yeah. not like everybody comes in and takes their shoes no, off. No, no, no. We don't. Okay, I, mean, we I got, seriously we, thought we got dogs running around scuffing up the hardwood floors. Anyway, All right. we just no. We okay, don't, we don't so care. I can come in with my boots and my spurs. Sure, why not? Okay, I didn't know. So as we are, as you're hearing this podcast today, if you're hearing it on the day that we first uh, kicked it off, uh, this is inauguration day. Uh, January 21st, normally be January 20th, and in fact, uh, President Obama was sworn in in a private ceremony yesterday, but this is the public day for the inauguration, what it would normally, when it falls on a Sunday, they move it a day. Okay, so I thought, I saw in the news that, that, that it was January 20th, they were doing it on a Sunday. Yeah, okay. well, they're, they're doing the they're doing a private thing, I oh, guess. Oh, got it, okay. So this falls on Martin Luther King Day, which yeah. again historically couldn't be, um, you know, a better coincidence yeah. for President. That would Obama. be another reason to move it, I yeah. guess, to, sure. the, to that day. Uh, but the the history of uh, presidential inaugurations is a fascinating one. Uh, here are just some little tidbits that Lisa culled for us. Thomas Jefferson was the only president to walk to and from his inaugural. Really? Yeah. Didn't get in the car, didn't take a bus or a bike? No. Well, no. Uh, but you can remember the pictures of Jimmy Carter walking from his inauguration to the White House. Oh, okay. Well, that's... But, but Jefferson did both. He both walked to and walked from. Okay, got so it. That, that's Where is, is that. the inauguration held typically? Is in there... the Capitol building, outside the Capitol building. Uh, how far is the walk? Is it really long? No, it's not bad. Um, okay. I've done it... Uh, might be a mile, maybe a little more oh, than that. Okay. It's not, not bad at all. And you just go right down Pennsylvania Avenue there. 
It, William H. Harrison's, William Henry Harrison's was the longest inaugural address at 8,445 words. Wow. And that might not have served him very well because in 1841, he, uh, the legend is that he caught a cold or got pneumonia or something by being out in the cold weather for that long. And he died in office only a month after being sworn in. So, so how many... So don't be so windy. How many words was that? 8,000. Uh, let's see, where is it? 8,445 words. So when I write a newspaper column, they want it to be 500 or 600 words. And that takes a while to do. If you go, if you wanted to read 600 words aloud, it'd probably take you uh, better we than three or four minutes. We speak about... 150 words a minute. So I was just trying to do the math, which I can't do in my head, but yeah. my computer's... Yeah, well, it, 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 it apparently went into like over two hours. It was very, very long. Harry Truman's first inauguration to be televised. Uh, Warren G. Harding was the first president to ride to and from his inaugural in an automobile. Hmm. And women were included for the first time in Woodrow Wilson's second inaugural parade. Before that... In the parade. There was no. There were no women in the parade. No women in the parade. Yeah. We don't want to be in your dumb parade anyway. Yeah, who, who needs that? Uh, by the way, a lot of people aren't aware of this because they thought that maybe Thomas Edison or somebody like that invented the, ability, the machines that we could record the human voice and all of that sort of stuff. It turns out there was a crude recording device available for the very first inauguration and of course the first inauguration would have been that of George Washington uh, is 1793 mm. and here it is wow my fellow Americans we have no federal deficit we have little or no taxes We have no polyester double-knit clothing. We do not know about getting in touch with our feelings, discovering our inner child, or dealing with our dysfunctional family. No one in this nation jogs, does jazzercise, or uses a juicer. To us, a floppy disk is a back problem. People in this nation eat lunch. They do not do lunch. We have no electrolysis, no permanent eyeliner, liposuction, tummy tucks, tanning beds, and the only people that have mohawk haircuts are honest-to-gosh mohawks! And finally, at this time, in this great nation, there is no state of California. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I swear that is authentic. It's uh, not that is not made up, even though it sounds a little bit like me. It's not. It's, it, it sounds a George, lot like you, George Washington. Uncanny. You know, I'm just telling you how it was. Well, I think that's uh, that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I think we should uh, pull the sheet over this one and that's pronounce true. it dead. All right. All right. Here now is a preview of what you'll hear next week on Peculiar Podcast. <coughs> <coughs> I gotta get some water. <coughs> That's next week on Peculiar Podcast. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. 